Alright fellas, and it seems like we're ready to go and get this party started. What's going on everyone, and I hope you're all doing well. I see we still have a lot of viewers filing in here. Uh, oh, great to see you guys, and thanks for joining us this evening, and welcome to the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 184, the place, the place Sundays for beer, buds, and Xbox talk. You know, all the good stuff, right? Uh, this is Invader, and you know, guys, we're almost there. We're almost at E3. It's almost upon us, and uh, you know what? Uh, Xbox show is just like right around the corner. We're really excited. Uh, it's a very exciting time this time of the year, and the panel will be giving our predictions for, you know, as to what Xbox has planned and what, but just generally what they're going to show, and we're all just really looking forward to it. Uh, as well, we'll touch on some of the recent PlayStation news. God of War Ragnarok and Gran Turismo 7 are now, well, they seem to be cross-gen from uh, recent announcements. Does PlayStation really believe in generations? Also, some interesting rumblings about Bioshock 4. However, before we dive into all that, uh, let me introduce everyone on tonight's panel. And starting off tonight, uh, our guest, we welcome back, Noof Nukem. Hey, buddy. Uh, how's it going, my and my very explosive friend? <laughs> boom, boom, kaboom. It's Noof Nukem in the TXR room. Good to be here. I appreciate the invite. It's an exciting time. So, uh, yeah, like the rest of us, man, just can't wait to get into it. And certainly see what uh, comes down the pipe starting on, well, I guess Saturday, but Sunday most particular for the Xbox show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said it, my friend. I mean, there are lots of shows that are going to be happening, but man, everybody's keeping peeled, uh, their eyes peeled on that Xbox show, especially, you know, all the hardcore Xbox fans. So it's it, you know, very exciting, very exciting times. Uh, next up here, we'll go over to, uh, the TXR regulars and, uh, Tim, hey buddy, uh, we got you pried away from the, uh, the big f fight tonight to talk about some games. Yeah, I'm going to be, uh, doing uh, about an hour and, uh, basically I, I ordered the fight, so I'm going to be seeing the fight, but, uh, I definitely wanted to give, uh, my predictions for E3 and, uh, you know, uh, some exciting times. New is, uh, thank you for coming down. Awesome. Um, I've been on his show. It's a great, great job he does. And uh, yeah, just uh, like I said, well, you know, uh, it's better than nothing. We're going to just, uh, you know, give our predictions and then I'd probably will leave after an hour and then we'll continue with the show because I did order the fight. But um, yeah, I uh, didn't want to miss this one. Uh, uh, very exciting time. Seven days away. Seems like Phil's now even on the hype train. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. Well said, my friend. Uh, Centurion, buddy. Hey, how you been? What's up, guys? It is Sunday. It is time for TXR. What have I been doing? Okay, so I have been working probably like 60, 70 hours a week. Uh, had an opportunity come up at my job that I had. I just couldn't pass up. So I've had like time to game, but I have been kind of doing different gaming. I've been checking out the game Black Sad. And somehow I got into the Fast and the Furious Crossroads, and I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about that game right there. It is definitely not worth the the original asking price. I'll at least put that. Oh, yeah, you know well, what? I've seen I, that. I've... I picked it up for 15 bucks. I'm not disappointed in my purchase, but I will definitely say that there is some weirdness. Like the story is good. It's a good Fast and the Furious story. 
but the driving mechanics, forgive me, are a little all over the place. I hate using the word janky, but I mean, you got to have a little bit of forgiveness when you're trying to the controls. I mean, you're constantly turning into stuff. And then there was one mission that I was driving along and for some reason boulders just come kept coming out of nowhere as if the world around you is just falling apart. Hmm. That uh, sounds pretty random, actually. <laughs> it, it is extremely random. It is extremely random. That's why I'm just like, you know, for 15 bucks, it's a fun experience. I'm having a blast. But wow, I, I almost feel bad for anybody who dove head first day one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I've been uh, kind of tempted. There's a lot of the uh, Warhammer DLC and games yeah, on sale. Yeah, if I could so. ask you about that, since I've been checking, I've been surfing around that Warhammer sale. Can we ask you real quick, what, how is Necromunda for you? A uh, hired gun? Because, I mean, you ask one crowd, the game is a flaming dumpster fire. You ask the other crowd, it's a, di it's a gym like a, it's a gym of a game, diamond in the rough with a couple patches. It'll be a very good game. Well, Necromunda Hired Gun itself isn't on sale. I mean, there's just there happens to be like there, there's a whole bunch of no, Warhammer actually, they announcements. They are discounting it. Yeah, They're selling it. Yeah, that's well, well it, it's on a dis it's on a slight discount, but uh, I mean the game itself isn't like what you would call a premium title because it's about what like fifty bucks something like that. So original price is thirty nine ninety nine. Right now they have it I think for like thirty two thirty three bucks. I know it's like a very generic discount, but I mean, mm -hmm. I dude, I don't know why. I just think it's so funny. Like, I you, you summon your dog with a squeaky toy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just to sum it all up, I I'm still playing through the game. I'm about halfway through. I'm purposely taking my time, and honestly, I like the game. It has really the shooting is. Uh, the combat itself is really fun. The, the engagements as well. I mean, being a Warhammer 40k aficionado, I, I really like what they're doing. They, I'm not going to spoil anything, but either way, it's, I don't know, it's fun. It's a fun game. I haven't, I, I have seen some issues like you've been saying, Centurion, about, I think there was a lot of... Uh, I've heard more complaints about frame rate. Yeah, frame rate. Actually, I see uh, Mav in the chat, and I think he was—I think he was having some of that. I think he bought the game and had some uh, frame rate uh, issues there. But I don't know. I, I just—I haven't experienced it, so I, I can't really say. I mean, I can Is only it just go and do your bounty mush missions and come back to the hive city and kind of break down your equipment and gear up and go back out and look for more bounties, or is there an actual like story campaign? Okay, so it's uh, there are campaign missions like there's a story set along, and then there are missions that you go out and and collect bounties on. Yes, so and you can do bounties for like specific guilds, specific cults, and specific groups of uh, gangs and so on. And uh, you you basically you increase your rep the more that you are successful with each like uh, gang bounty so it's just it's it's kind of interesting again i'm still playing through but so far i have good impressions of the game it's not the flashiest game it's not the largest game but it, eh, it does some cool things so i'm kind of looking forward to uh going through it i'll probably have a review out for it the next week but it, it's looking pretty cool all right we got uh some pretty cool people here it's been about cool uh filing in we got pike on fusion htk of course i said mav there mr fun speculation himself Toolman, mike nlg hey buddy uh who else atl spida other zinc riley thank you all for being here we got more people filing in minute by minute uh let's see 
We're still waiting on Shockley. Uh, but you know what, guys? Let's uh, kick this off and talk about what everybody's probably tuning in and waiting for. And that's our thoughts on the Xbox and Bethesda E3 2021 show predictions. And you know what, guys? Uh, we're finally here with only a week away from the big event. So let's, you know, we'll go around the panel and hear what our final predictions are and what uh, we'd like to see at the Xbox and Bethesda showcase. Uh, let's see. You know what? I will start off with uh, Centurion here. Buddy, what do you think uh, we'll see appearing here? And what would you like to see? Some desires or maybe some realistic expectations? Oh, man. Realistic expectations. That could go hand in hand. I have realistic expectations. I I want everybody else to have realistic expectations. Um, like, I understand everybody wants Xbox to bring the thunder I feel like Xbox, in my opinion, at least the way I feel, has been bringing the thunder. They've shelled out billions of dollars for studios. We know they have games in the works. They've also been putting out extra money for third-party deals um, to kind of help um, kind of alleviate a little bit of this gap we're going through uh, with waiting for some of these first-party studios to start putting out content. I'm just excited for, in the end what Microsoft is going to give us. And I mean, who can't be excited generally for it being E3 time? I mean, not to sound cheesy, but yeah, it's games and it's gaming in general. But one thing I love is coming on Twitter and seeing all the photos from Tim dog, uh, one Oh eight dragons, uh, everybody who's been to E3 and seeing all these photos and actually seeing the community at its best. And I feel like, um, E3 is a really good time to actually kind of see the community at its best because you see all these people from all different walks of life coming together because of their passion and joy in gaming. And that is just, for me, that is what E3 is all about. So I don't really ever put some high expectations. I remember one E3 I walked in totally praying for Fable. I didn't get it, but I also didn't walk out of there going and feel like the thing was trash. I got Fable, I think, what, two years later? So... I'm just happy to just kind of have these events going. It's good to see E3 is back in the swing of things. We were all concerned that E3 was going to slowly go away, but, you know, E3 is definitely wanting to kind of come back swinging. So let's see what they got to offer. If we're going to make any predictions, though, like, let's, uh, let me see. I think uh, you guys may have showed it to me earlier. You know, there's some rumors now going on that Microsoft might actually get Crytek. I, does it, I, I really don't have any weight on that. Do you guys think there's any validity mm. to that myth? I'll step in and I'll say that it's fake just because the fact that just look at where it's coming from for chain. He can't really. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, the thought, I mean, of course, it's also coming on the heels of another uh, acquisition rumor. And that's what tells me it's fake, but go on invader. <laughs> oh no. And actually you just brought up a really good point, Tim, is that, uh, you know, funny enough, you know, we, you, Around this time of the year, we usually get a bunch of like false information. Oh, dude, this time of the year, the rumor mill is just cranking yeah. it out, which is why I never really pay too much attention. And, <laughs> and it's interesting too because it's been kind of quiet for the most part about like certain things. You know, um, there doesn't appear to be very many leaks. Uh, from, you know, we have no idea what we're gonna get really. But yeah, there was an interesting uh, rumor that was also floating around today that seems to have more credibility because it's coming from. Uh, Windows Central Jez Corden and on a Discord server he was saying he had stated something about uh what was it that he had it on good authority that Xbox had bought IP 
And it, there was a good chance we'll see one studio acquisition announced at the show. So, I mean, who could it be? Right. So if I, right, if I was to kind of start throwing random names out there and stuff like that, I just want to personally say, cause I still read all the articles. If there was anything I want to see, I almost want to see what's going on over at WB games. There is a lot of great talent and studios and developers over there. And I don't want to see that go to the wayside just because somebody made some bad business deals. I would really like to see them get bought out by somebody so that way they can continue on with their passion. And if anything, I would at least off the top of my head right now, that's one thing I'm looking forward to at least in E3 is hopefully maybe seeing what's going to happen to some of these franchises that are kind of stuck in the purgatory that AT&T created for them. Mm, right. It's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I could, there's a couple of scenarios I could work out here. I mean, obviously, we don't know what Studio Jez is really talking about here. I would find it personally interesting that they would choose to announce a studio acquisition because this is the first show between both of them and Bethesda. Like, personally, I would have thought that they would have kept it maybe after, like for an XO event uh, later on <laughs> in the year, but... No, that's actually a really good point. This is the first event with Microsoft, technically with Bethesda, so it would be actually asinine to think that you would want to somehow kind of water down that experience with having an announcement that would just kind of drown out the fact that Bethesda is technically there on the Xbox stage. Mm hmm. But if I had to put a bet, like, let's say they do announce a studio and anybody in the chat listening and, you know, put in your bets, you know, tell us who you think it could be. Personally, I mean, there have been a lot of rumors over the past year about who Xbox have been dealing with. For example, there is a lot of chatter coming out of Poland. Uh, you know, could it be CD Projekt Red? Their stock has fallen significant significantly since uh, Cyberpunk's release and, you know, what's been going on there. But there's all kinds of amazing talent there. For example, the Farm 51, they seem like a very credible studio, a decent size. I could see there's some IP there and I think they would be interesting to get uh, you know there's all there's all kinds of talent there's all kinds of studios but you know what are my realistic expectations it's I don't know it's hard to say like I think enough you know people there's a, a lot go ahead Tim I just think when we do this people it's okay to make predictions and be wrong it's like I talked about that on Twitter today People are like afraid to make predictions and get into a gotcha moment. It's not about that. Predictions are just kind of like what we want, maybe a little bit based on rumor and just a prediction. It, you know, like if Jed makes a prediction, he can be wrong. So I just wanted like everyone on the panel when we do this, I would just ask to say if you make a prediction, don't be afraid that if it's wrong because you know what? It's E3. It's fun. That's what we do. It's not... You know, I, I get these people like, you know, these Sony guys that want to catch you in a gotcha moment. Like, oh, you said this was going to be there. Nobody knows anything. That's the bottom line. Xbox has been pretty good this this now, uh, this year. So uh, with the predictions, just feel free. Just go ahead. Now, would it be wrong to say you would want somebody to at least have a, a somewhat, like, grounded, well-founded prediction, not something, like, from out of the stars that's completely out of left field? Well, I'll say that that much. I'll say that this much. When I do my predictions, they're pretty much all grounded and they all have a little bit something be behind them. Yeah, but I could say everybody on this panel also has their own connections and they have 
their own people and, and they're a part of chats and you know we're we're the we're the most knowledgeable Xbox fans, you know, all of us as a community just you know uh, that are on Twitter are pretty knowledgeable, so we know what we're talking about. So it's not like we're gonna be like, uh, they buy Rockstar and then <laughs> they bought Rockstar. Oh my <laughs> god, I loved that uh, one. <laughs> you know, like obviously we're gonna come from from uh, you know a, a scope of what we what we know or what we're talking about, but I just don't want people to be like. You know, if 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 you feel like something, don't be afraid to be afraid to you mm. know afraid to make a prediction, because that's what it's about. It's about fun. At least that's what I'm gonna go from when I do my when I do my portion of mm-hmm. my prediction. Well, honestly, I think that's what I've always like. I was just saying, like E3, I think is more about fun and yeah, fun and I hate to say fun and family and friends, man. Whatever you want to call. I mean, it, dude. I kind of get envious of some of the photos i see that people put on i'm like oh my god e3 looks like so much fun well i've never been to one i've never been to one so you might be next year and people in the panel yeah next year so that's that's the great thing i I guess the problem is though after a while though some some people tend to sort of get caught up in their own the hype created by their own by their own channel or by you know people they surround themselves with and that sort of sets you up for uh, disappointment, you know, again, you know, where you just got to keep yourself in check. A lot of it's speculation, like I said, and that's fun to speculate on what we think we might see, but we really never know. So yeah. I definitely think that's part of it is just, you know, you, you kind of say, you, you say, well, I hope we see this and I hope we see this. And you almost start thinking like, yeah, maybe we will. And then when you don't see it, you yeah. get really let down. So. Well, that happens every year. I mean, listen, we're all passionate guys, and I and I think that that's what happens. You just you just detailed me every E three. Um, <laughs> you set you kind of set yourself up for a little bit of disappointment. But my opinion, looking at it, that's okay to do too. It's like this is not the end of the world. It's fun. It's not. This is not. You know. This is not politics. This is not changing uh, people's views or or, yeah. or changing the policies and stuff like that. This stuff is for fun. And Xbox went this year and had their E3. There was talk of not having it, obviously, for COVID reasons and no fans. And it's, it's still, from what I heard, was still hard to put together um, to make everything right. Um, but yeah, this is the uh, go at it, and that's what I like. Like with Jez, like with his thing that was taken out of Discord and shown, whoever did that was wrong for doing that because that was told in you know, uh, privacy. But at the end of the day, like I said, Jez, it's okay, you know, like I wrote, it's okay, mm-hmm. it's a prediction, and you know, you, you know, you're mm-hmm. a very knowledgeable person, it's probably coming from a good place, yeah. but you know what, there's no nothing wrong if. That that that's not right, you know. There's so much put there's such a premium on Xbox fans. Like, you know, we've been right so many times before because we do have connects and we do have people that we know that if we get something wrong, it's like, you know, people just want to like hang you up and 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 you know, like make fun of you and say, I got you moment. <laughs> Screw that. Have fun. The noose is loose, it's coming for you, Tim Doug. <laughs> you know, if you want to set yourself up for disappointment, like I do, go at it. I'm probably going to say, listen, I, I all last two weeks, three weeks from what I've gotten was like, oh, you know, temper expectations. That's fine. And I did tell people that. And I'm still probably going to say that you do that. But you know what? It's the week of E3. It's coming close. If we're not excited, then there's something wrong. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. To sell. Well, yeah, temper our expectations as long as our expectations are grounded. Let's really think about our expectations. We are looking for a good time. We want to know about new up-and-coming games and basically the, the roadmap for some of these brands in gaming. And that's where I'm just... I'm pr- those are my expectations that I just keep it right that's there. Fair. I'm that's what I'm excited for. That's fair. Some people want mm-hmm. gameplay. A lot of people I've heard complaints last showcase that there was no gameplay. So a lot of people want gameplay. Some people, uh, like for me, um, and like I said, I'll talk about it in my segment. I'm I'm I could care I could care less about the gameplay because I do think that a lot of it's going to show and show well. Uh, like a Forza Horizon, if it comes, I don't really need to see gameplay. But if you're getting, you're talking about an acquisition, and you know buying up IPs, that's awesome stuff to me. That's that's what gets me. But everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Everyone has different kind of wants, and um, the fun of it is, is that you know, as a community, we can express it to each other and 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 have all this fun together. And that's what Xbox you know, has done and, and I'm so happy that they weren't cheap and, you know, they, they're keeping the E3 alive because if they didn't go, we'd really be dead. Yeah, no. And, and you're absolutely correct there, Tim. And I'm excited. I think I look at everybody in the chat, they're really pumped. And, you know, again, it's, it's just great to have this feeling of excitement, you know, for the past year or more, obviously the past year and a half, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's kind of, uh, you know, been going through the same thing. And, you know, we need something to lift our spirits. You know, you look at what the, you know, when Xbox announced the acquisition of Bethesda back in September, everybody just, you know, they were pumped. It was unbelievable. And then you got uh, a a showcase like this where you're going to see some new stuff. You hear chatter of new acquisitions. And it just gets people excited. I mean, you can't blame them for being that way. And... Honestly, like I try to be realistic in my expectations. You know, I talk. That's why I'm trying to set my expectations. Like, okay, maybe the Farm 51, something like that. Also, you gotta look at where Xbox could use, you know, more of a push, right? For example, I talk a lot about Xbox maybe wanting to focus more on the PC side of things. So maybe, like Tim, I know you had talked about Paradox. Uh, who was it? That uh, publisher, Paradox. <laughs> Yeah, paradox. Yeah, that was yeah. a rumor from that was a strong rumor back six months ago. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I, I don't know. I kind of think it, you know, there's some stuff there that still makes a lot of sense. So I don't see why. I've heard some talk, you know, some chatter about uh, Konami as well, because you know they do have some valuable IP sitting there. But again, that's just really, really wild speculation. Either way. You know, uh, we'll, I guess we'll find out in a week's time, but, you know, it's exciting. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, studio acquisitions, always, always fun to talk about. Um, guys, do you think that we'll see, obviously, Halo Infinite's going to be there in some capacity. We saw the promo come out a few days ago. It looks like multiplayer is going to be teased. Do you guys think we'll see any campaign? I do. Um, one of the things I've heard that I think Brian Sketcher uh, tweeted out was people really don't know much about what they're going to show. Uh, 343 and Xbox has been really tight-lipped on this, and um, I think uh, there, are, there are some murmurings that, you know, this and that. Um, I, I, I would say at this point... Um, 
you could probably gonna see campaign. You could probably gonna see multiplayer. Uh, multiplayer is probably going to be more focused, but you'll see campaign. Um, and uh, like I said, a lot of things that you're hearing, um, take it with a big grain of salt because basically Brian Sketcher was like saying that it was funny reading some of the stuff because it's just baseless, and a lot of the stuff is baseless. Um, again, I don't want to, I'm going to go in my halo thing. So I don't want to talk about when, when I come to that segment, I'll, I'll go into that a little bit more, but I do think, I think they're going to have a good showing and I do think you're going to get both. I don't think it's just going to be one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really pumped to see something. They've been teasing us with obviously these upgrades that they've been doing with showing different screenshots the past few months months i've been really really liking what i've been seeing what i've been hearing and i just i can't wait for to see the deep dive that they want to do whether it be multiplayer more of the campaign it's just you know seeing the i mean halo infinite did need to be delayed i don't think there's any doubts about that unfortunately but uh i i really want to play halo again you know i i miss it (laughs) so yeah and, you know, it just, it, you know, considering what they wanted to do to launch the Xbox Series consoles with it, you know, it's a big shame what happened to it. But uh, I'm glad that they took the time to, you know, polish it out. And there's a lot of studios you know, working on it, not just uh, not just 343. So I'm, again, I'm really anticipating for it. I'm a huge Halo nut, as everybody knows. But uh, just I'm really excited for Infinite. And I want it to turn out to be the best it can, can be. Can I propose a question just real quick since you said that possibly let's look at the glass half full on this whole halo delay as this was actually a good thing the like the launch of the series x and the ps5 did go off without a hitch but it it was a in my opinion it was a bomb because of the pandemic um there has been numerous numerous situations where People cannot get their hands on these consoles. They're sitting in the bottom of scalpers' basements. I mean, I just really do think that maybe the delay of Halo is almost been uh, almost a benefit at this point because I just really feel that not everybody would have been able to get that that Halo Mm -hmm. Infinite next gen experience because of the fact of how hard these consoles have been to to get and now microsoft has had uh over by the time halo comes out they would have had over a year to kind of distribute these consoles as many as they can to basically provide as many people possible this next gen halo experience Mm -hmm. yeah um let's see here noof i know you that you've been waiting patiently to patiently to just kind of chime in on like your thoughts about uh, xbox is showing what do you think or what would you like uh, to see at the show well first of all how can this not be one of microsoft's best shows well, let me put this in perspective for you guys it's their first year owning a major acquisition like bethesda like i mean major you know, that this one shook the industry. This wasn't just one studio with two or three, you know, shot in the dark kind of games. We're talking about one of the most world-renowned studios who Bethesda notoriously always comes out and has fairly strong shows of their own with surprise games and fantastic, like, presentation. Like, that's the thing that, for many years, that Xbox kind of struggled with is the way they presented their stuff up on stage. So now they have Bethesda under their wing. It's kind of be, it's kind of be like the best of both worlds 
worlds here. I expect a great show. If they if the Halo presentation comes off great and the reception uh, the reception and the perception is good, they're going to have a phenomenal show. Uh, they learned a lot from the last one. Uh, it wasn't pretty. Like I said, we saw the aftermath, but we know that they've learned a lot since then. They brought back some big names like Joseph Staten to the fold within Microsoft. They brought in a lot of studios to help, uh, you know, put some uh, spit polish on there and certainly tweak and, and go back and fix texturing and different things. So visually it's looking better. You know, is it top tier as we're hearing some articles and things? Look, it's all, it's all how you perceive the franchise. I think it's going to look dynamic. I think it's going to look a lot better than it ever did. And it's going to play absolutely amazing because 343, that's something they have down. I have faith in that side of the coin. You know, um, Phil's not going out this year. He hasn't been really tooting the horn too much over the last little while, nor anybody else, like Matt Booty or Aaron, like, oh, this is going to be our best show ever. And probably for good reason. And probably not because it won't be. Just because, you know what, sometimes, you know, when, when you kind of tout that, you set yourself up for failure. Sometimes you're just, the best things you can say are not saying anything at all. You know, your wife will tell you that. Uh, <laughs> keep your <laughs> trap shut and let your product do the speaking. You know what I mean? That's how it is. And I think that's what we'll see this year is the products will do the speaking here. We're going to see a ton of games. Uh, hopefully a lot of them are far along in development. I guess that's the big thing for a lot of us. Uh, it's, for me, it's not about seeing tons and tons and tons and tons of games. What I, I think a lot of us want now is to know that the games really are close to being ready. This is not like, oh, you've seen this game, and now we have no idea when it's coming out. We you, we do want some day and dates. We at least want some expectation, a realistic expectation of when we think this game is going to be on shelves. And we also know that the pandemic really put people behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. I think we're all, we're all definitely forgiving and certainly have been relatively forgiving of the stuff we've seen with game releases over the past uh, past year, uh, especially in the last few months where you can definitely tell that the games have certainly struggled because they haven't had a team together to, to properly bug fix or perhaps, you know, go through a lot of the, you know, the things they normally would do. I mean, it's, it's got to be an absolute undertaking to, to make a billion dollar game or a multi-billion dollar game, especially open world games and so many moving parts and not have your team together, like somebody in the next room to say like, this needs fixing and this needs fixing, uh, those sorts of things. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be a hell of an E3. I mean, my expectation, I, I think I'm going to be just happy with it. In the last few years, Xbox has not had a bad E3. That's the thing that people seem to forget. They've come out pretty damn strong. The key is now, it's that it's been the waiting game, right? We They've just, they've got to kill that narrative. The Game Pass stuff is going stronger than ever. I suspect they're going to have some fantastic Game Pass announcements here. That you can count mm -hmm. on. They're going to blow you away with some of the stuff. That we'll see in Game Pass Day One again, more third-party deals, stuff that just kind of gets your ears up. Like you know, the Outriders thing kind of came out of left field and caught everybody by surprise, and the EA support that they've gotten as well through EA Play and different things. So expect big things there. I honestly, you know, Centurion said you know studio acquisition. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have a big studio acquisition in play, but. As he mentioned, I don't know if they will do anything here at E3 simply because they want Bethesda to kind of have the limelight here, the, the shine the spotlight mm -hmm. on them and not really take away from uh, that acquisition. Because for a lot of people, it's almost like it's old news now, but it's still fresh. They, you know, This is their first show underneath sort of one umbrella. And uh, it, it's just going to be it's just going to be nuts, man. Like I said, it'd be icing on the cake if we get a little bit more of Fable. Uh, if you know, I, I don't know if we will, though, but it would be icing if we did. Um, also, you know, I'd like to see some more stuff out of score and that game's got to be close to coming out. Um, mm -hmm. you know, different things like that. 
uh, uh, some of the new IPs. I don't think we'll see much from Everwild. I think that game is too far away. But, uh, you know, hopefully maybe a little hint at the next Forza as well because people are really digging in and can't wait to get their hands on that. So, look, man, all, all in all, uh, I am excited. And I don't think I will be disappointed. Uh, again, just give us some great footage and, and just do it right. And, and don't fill the show up with too much BS in between. It's supposed to be like about a 19-minute show. So come out strong. Come out swinging. Keep the keep the chatter and the jargon to a minimum. Do that on a inside Xbox or some crap like that. But just keep that stuff away from E3. You don't want people snoring halfway through the show. That's not. So a you don't want to see the full virtual tour of um, Microsoft Studios. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably, probably not. I mean, some, you know, but you don't let you. But it's a great point because because this is the 20th anniversary, uh, and somebody said this this morning on Good Morning Xbox that uh, I do expect they'll do some sort of throwback to the 20 years, like a walk down memory lane and, and, and kind of where they're heading. So I would not be surprised if they do a little bit of that. And I said one of the things that. I would hope for it. It's probably unrealistic, but I think it would be really cool is if Microsoft actually did make an Xbox mini, the original console with a bunch of pack-in games. Mm. And I was saying to make it even better than the previous uh, consoles of the source, like the NES Classic or whatever, and the Genesis stuff, what they should actually do is make it online. And so that way you could actually say, if you're a Game Pass user, you could actually bring your account over and still be able to play the games that maybe are not installed on the system, but that are backwards compatible sort of deal. So something like that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And they should have The Rock and Bill Gates come out and reveal it, just like the original Xbox. That would be awesome. <laughs> it's just small. <laughs> Dude, the rock, the rock is so swole now compared to what he looked like back then. He would be oh, like yeah. three of Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Now, new, if you brought Do it you up, smell with the old guys cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you smell? <laughs> now, Sorry. I have to ask new since you brought this up about uh, Fable. Uh, Xbox has so many games in development that they've shown trailers for over the past year or so that, I mean, obviously they won't show everything again. Uh, do you think we'll hear something about or see some gameplay for like State of Decay 3 or Avowed? Yes, uh, Avowed perhaps for sure. State of Decay, I'm not 100% sure with that one, but I definitely think we'll see something with Avowed. And I hope, and I think a lot of us hope as well, that we start getting actual Xbox series representation, whether it's on the X or the S, but it's actually like footage from in-engine on this set console instead of that constant, oh, shown on PC, shown on PC, shown on PC, because, you know, a lot of the times with the PlayStation shows, a lot of the times that footage is, they say it's coming straight off of their, their console. So I'm not sure why it's always a heavy reliance on the PC footage. Like if these games are fairly close by now, you should be able to show some, uh, you know, some code off of the actual, you know, hardware. Now that the tools have been mm-hmm. out there and people have had some time to play with the actual, you know, the dev kits, uh, I would expect nothing less. So that's what I like to see. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, and even uh, third party gameplay, as you alluded to, like you talked about Scorn, which I know me and Centurion have been waiting for forever. I have a feeling we'll get a release date for that sometime soon because it would be nice to have that drop in the fall sometime. It seems mm. like the perfect. Dude, I think it would be sick for Halloween. Or you were probably yeah. going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was actually just going to say. You're yeah. absolutely right. Sorry, I'm like all like, ooh, Scorn? What? Scorn? 
<laughs> the only yeah, the game, the only game that has cool. like freaking multiple minutes of actual gameplay that nobody knows about. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you're right, and everybody's still curious about that game because I mean, it just it just looks very different. So that's what the allure is, right? Uh, well, different, gruesome, and just definitely like. You know, it's almost, I don't want to say train wreck, but it, I hate to say it, but yeah, it's just so gritty and gruesome that you just don't want to take your eyes off of it. You just actually want to look at it more just to find out exactly how detailed they got with it. But people also need to understand, too, like, again, there's so many of these third-party games that were announced last year that we still need, like, release dates for. Yeah. That's how jam-packed, uh, like, they are for games. Crossfire X, for example, that game was supposed to come out... I think late last year, but it just it got delayed, obviously, like a lot of other titles. I would imagine we would hear something like that. Uh, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide, uh, the uh, futuristic Vermintide, if you will. <laughs> that one I'm really stoked about, but we still need to see like a full in-depth gameplay for it. Uh, what else? Bright Memory Inf- Infinite, which, you know, it looks pretty cool graphically. Uh, I, I'm definitely curious about that. We also got the Gunk Stalker 2. You guys can see where I'm going with this. There's a lot of games here that we still need proper release dates for, or at least time frames. So I would, I'm totally just really curious to see what they show as far as third party goes and it's gonna be one uh jam-packed lineup because again you got the xbox side you got the bethesda side they're gonna have a lot to show it just it depends on how they do the time frame right the timings of everything are they gonna dedicate 30 seconds to this five minutes to that and so on so i'm just i'm curious to see how everything uh works out here um let's see do you, guys, do you think that we'll hear anything about xCloud at the event? Yes. I do. I think you might hear um, that the Xbox S- Series X servers are implemented and a date when you could beta test them. Mm. Yes, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool, actually. Yeah, because yeah, I can see them. And I hear, and I hear it's and I hear it's uh, sixty frames moment where once you go on, you play off of these Series X uh, servers. Um, it's you can't go back to the the old so from graphics to load settings to just overall experience. It's uh, much much better. Mm-hmm. And I'd be curious to hear if they talk about integration between xCloud and uh, that Orion project that uh, Bethesda was working on as well for the cloud streaming. I'd be very curious about that. Yeah, I I, I think that that's a possibility too. Um, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to give my overall summation and then I'm going to get going because I Mm -hmm. hear people already upstairs and they're starting to get loud. And I don't want them to interfere with this either because they think it's funny that I'm having a podcast right now. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to see what I think of the show that I uh, am predicting. Um, uh, it is not factual. Uh, it's not one-to-one. It's just some of the things I've heard and some of the things I'm putting together. And, uh, you know... Um, uh, like I said, it's just predictions, um, and it's a fun time. So, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start. 
you're going to get, uh, I think they're going to close on Halo. They're going to have a big segment of Halo, uh, multiplayer, uh, date, gameplay, campaign, um, and uh, they're going to go into um, that, and then uh, that'll be a big portion of the show. I think that at this point we're all riled up. Then you're going to get uh, an Outer Worlds uh, announcement, uh, Outer Worlds 2. And uh, Bethesda, they're, they're going to go into a heavy, uh, you know, heavy into Bethesda now. Even though that they opened the show with Bethesda, now they're going into a lot of this, uh, their other studios. Uh, I think you're going to get Outer Worlds 2 announcement and uh, possibly another announcement by them. And I do think that they will close on Project Omen. And uh, that's the uh, AAA rumored vampire game RPG made by Arcane Lion, I believe. Uh, it's one of their studios. Uh, Arcane has two studios. The studio that made Prey 2. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some uh, little tidbits. I do think that we'll have an xCloud segment where they announce um, beta rollout of the Xbox server X, uh, and they'll go into a bunch of stuff like that. They'll have Game Pass stuff, uh, but they'll end the show on Project Omen. And I think uh, at that point, you'll have uh, a very good show, a, ve a very solid show to potentially great show, and we'll be happy. And um, that's the way I see it. My, my personal want is that uh, they get this uh, announcement for the acquisition. That's what gets me going the most, that they're building into their, uh, you know, their, their studios. They're still making games. I want them to go crazy on that. Uh, I still heard that they're still going at, uh, after uh, WB, Warner Brothers, so that's still possible. Um, the studio that, I, that I've mentioned, uh, that, for the, that this is what they're buying, I'm not going to say it by name, but if you do some, if you do some uh, searching on Reset Era, search their threads, it is being mentioned by certain people, um, and that, uh, you know, give or take... Uh, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you'll, you'll hear about that. That's called Project Typhoon. Um, I don't think you'll see IO uh, Interactive. I don't think you'll see uh, that game. I don't think that you'll see Kojima uh, game. I do think that those are both real um, and uh, have uh, you know good sourcing on that. Um, uh, Avowed. I don't think you're gonna see. Uh, heard it was supposed to be in the show been pushed back because of shortages. Also heard they wanted to have uh, Hellblade 2 possibly close the show um, or just be a part of the show with a gameplay. I uh, heard they weren't ready. heard shortages hurt. Plus also Xbox intends to uh, you know, you know, have content for all the big shows. Game show awards. Uh, if they have an XO, they'll do that. They could have easily held off on Project Dark uh, and they could have held off on Indiana Jones and had them, them at the Z3, but like as Centurion said, uh, at New, they, they've been delivering for a while now, and uh, they've been having announcement after announcement. This is a great time to be an Xbox fan, and there's a lot coming. There's games coming, there's gameplay coming, there's dates coming, uh, and I think uh, this holiday, I think Xbox is going to be the place to be. It's going to have Halo, Forza, 
and uh, some of the other games I mentioned. And I don't. I think I think Horizon's going to get. You know, unfortunately, it's gonna it's gonna get moved into the into uh, quarter one, twenty twenty two. And all these people that are gloating about having game no games now, they're gonna have to answer the fact why does Sony have games to match Halo at the holidays? So, um, like I said, that's my predictions. I will see you all next week. Uh, it's been a great show, and uh, Noof, uh, thank you for coming on. Um, my friends are coming down. So I'm going to go, and I will see you guys next week. Yeah, Tim, thanks for having me here, bro. It's always good to be on a podcast with you, and can't wait to hear your feedback on everything after next weekend. Hey, Tim. Definitely, like I said, I'm getting, now that they're, they're annoying me now, so I'm getting out of here. <laughs> All right, Tim, that's, uh, that was very in-depth. Thanks a lot, uh, buddy. Hope you enjoy the fight. Uh Ooh, a lot of information to take in there, but uh, you know, I, I think he, you know he did a very good job of uh, explaining the reasoning behind certain things, certain announcements, and it, it was pretty realistic in my opinion. Uh, what Tim was suggesting, like uh, for example, guys, I don't know if you heard a few. What was it like? Maybe six days ago, something like that. Uh, according to Clobriel, Xbox and Bethesda will have five games to announce. And judging from what Tim's saying and from what we've been kind of hearing and the studios that they have, I mean, that doesn't seem out of the question now, does it? Right, Centurion? Not to sound like a fraud, but I'm sorry, but somebody just knocked on my door. What'd you say? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just about to say, because uh, according to Clobriel, uh, Xbox and Bethesda have five unannounced games that they're going to show off. I mean, considering the amount of studios there, uh, and the ones that we don't even know about that will be there. Uh, I mean, does that seem like a realistic expectation, like five new games to be announced? I don't see why not. I mean, they own, like, God, like 20-some studios now. I mean, that does it seems like a really nice number. Um, will I be disappointed if there's not five? No. Would I be excited if there's more than five? Hell Yes. I'm I'll be excited for one new game as long as it gets us all talking uh, sky's the limit for me when it comes to you know my excitement because I'm not going to be over here wanting these great glorious blockbuster games without having to you know I guess in my mind you know they're just not going to put them out it takes time to create stuff so anything that that is going to be on that level we kind of already know about so i'm looking forward i am looking forward to some new titles being revealed but i'm also not expecting them to pretty much give me like 10 15 20 of them mm -hmm. right i mean obviously we don't know but it does seem cool i mean tim did mention <clears throat> arcane's uh well, rumored uh, project that's going to be shown Omen, the uh, vampire theme game. It, it sounds very interesting. I, I'm I'm very curious about that. I mean, for all we know, we could have a Wolfenstein three game announced. Or you know, I'm trying to think too. I mean, Centurion, you're a big Elder Scrolls Online fella. Could you see them announcing maybe some kind of an expansion for that? Another one? What for Elder Scrolls Online? Okay, <laughs> so um, that would be awesome. Uh, but so Elder Scrolls Online actually is getting ready to launch their uh, black. Oh, my God. Basically, the Oblivion expansion um, pretty much on Tuesday. Uh, it's going already on PC now. June 1st was the PC launch. June 8th is going to be the console launch for both Xbox and uh, PS4. 
or PlayStation on both consoles. But they did delay the next gen um, update for, I think, like a week from when it was supposed to come out. So we're also on the heels of the Series X update, Series S update for ESO. So I'm really looking forward to what they're going to do with that. When they, I really don't see them kind of expanding on Elder Scrolls Online now, where everybody seems to be extremely laser focused on is Elder Scrolls 6. And now, for some reason, we have literally the dawning of Avowed versus Elder Scrolls. I have seen so many articles stating that um, Avowed could be more Morrowind like than Elder Scrolls 6 could be. Um, and so I'm really starting to wonder, uh, I'm kind of curious on the long run now, are, are people going to be switching from Elder Scrolls to Avowed or, I mean, like, cause in my world, everybody's talking about Avowed. It, well, the thing is, we know what to expect from an Elder Scrolls game, whereas we have no idea what Avowed well, is. Right, we don't know what about is, but if we also go back to when they showed the title for Elder Scrolls Six, when they also showed when they showed Fallout seventy six, um, so I want at least from what I've heard, they really wanted to push the envelope when it comes to Elder Scrolls Six. Um, I even heard a rumor that they're making a new game engine for it, um, and that Fallout seventy six was actually kind of like almost like their beta for testing the new multiplayer system for the game or so I've heard so many rumors about how fallout 76 had it has something to do with how they're building Elder Scrolls 6 because they're trying to do new things with Elder Scrolls 6 and they're basically testing some of this out in fallout 76 and it's like this huge conspiracy theory where a tinfoil hat thing and I try not to get too invested in it but I do know that at least Bethesda, Zenimax, whoever's in charge of the actual development for Elder Scrolls Six, is wanting to really kind of redefine the franchise because, regrettably, let's look at it realistically, the actual last Elder Scrolls game that was pretty much before Elder Scrolls Online was Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you really want, if you really want to th think about that, Skyrim came out on the Xbox 360, so we haven't really seen an actual grassroots Elder Scrolls game, you know, single-player experience uh, in pretty much a console generation. Um, through the entire Xbox One, PlayStation generation, Elder Scrolls has pretty much been an MMO. Mm -hmm. No, you're cr that's correct. Uh, yeah, because when, uh, sorry, when did that come out? What year was it? <clears throat> oh god um so i think uh elder scrolls online came out 2013 ish um but it was originally on pc released to horrible reviews people were not happy they really tried to go down i guess a, a way of pay to play and people did not receive that well um the game was having all sorts of issues so they wanted it on console and they kind of used console as their relaunch. <clears throat> I played Elder Scrolls Online originally on console before they had pretty much their grand relaunch of what they called the One Tamriel update where they got rid of all the scaling and level restrictions throughout the world because originally the game you couldn't move around too easily. You had to 
stay in certain regions. And depending on what faction you were in, you had to, you couldn't leave that region. And the only way to actually experience the other parts of the game were to basically beat the main player campaign. And the dead guy at the end gives you a magical amulet to basically transform yourself into another faction to go play that faction story. And it was this huge, like huge confusing thing. And I got a chance to play it for a little while on Xbox before they completely dissolved it and made the one Tamriel where they made everything scale. They got rid of the borders. They actually put, I think, the entire game on a main server system rather than dividing it up into separate servers based on factions. So they completely rehatched the entire thinking of the game when they put it on console. Mm -hmm. Now... Noof, I'm curious on your thoughts because <laughs> I know you're not exactly a huge uh, proponent of Xbox Game Pass, for example. Um, but I'm kind of curious. Uh, we've seen, obviously, EA become a big addition to the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Can you see another big publisher at this showcase where... You know, like EA, you could see, you know, another one joining in and adding a whole bunch of their catalog or back catalog to the service. Well, I think there's been long speculation and rumors that there might be something up with Ubisoft and Xbox, and that could be potentially true. I mean, they're certainly one of the biggest third party publishers and they have a pretty close relationship. A lot of the Ubisoft games have been notorious for having marketing deals with Xbox, you know, things like The Division and and, and obviously um, just recently AC Valhalla. So that is a potential as well. Um, you know, honestly, you know, the, the Warner Brothers thing has been going around for some time. And as I said, it's not likely that uh, Xbox will drop. Uh, you know, a big studio acquisition perhaps in the middle of the show. But what I could definitely see, and certainly something I would I would love to see, and it would definitely piss off one aspect of the gaming community, is right at the end of the show, they tease something, perhaps just a little glimpse of, say, a new Batman game from perhaps Rocksteady. And, uh, and then they go, coming soon to Xbox exclusive. And then kind of like, you know, and just leave you on a big cliffhanger. And kind of be, well, what the fuck is that all about? And then, of course, you know, in the few coming weeks, perhaps towards the end of the summer, and then they kind of say, yes, we've acquired, you know, Warner Brothers and their licenses and their studios that go with it. And something like that would be would be huge. Will they do it? I don't know. Probably highly unlikely, but something like that would would basically burn down the show at the end. Um you know, something like that. But as far as the Game Pass thing, there's going to be huge games coming to Game Pass. Game Pass keeps getting better by the minute. I, I posted in the chat a little site that uh, they posted to me in uh, the GMX uh, chat. It is called uh, GamePassCounter.com. You guys should check it out. It's pretty cool. So that's www.GamePassCounter.com. It tells you every game that's in Game Pass, uh, 411, 900 and something if you include all the PC versions and different things, apparently. But it's a great way to keep up to date on what's in Game Pass, what's leaving Game Pass, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's a cool little, cool little site that was brought to my attention. I can't believe, like, you know, 411 games, but they only tout, like, hey, Game Pass has, like, over 100. And, uh, yeah, they definitely got some crazy stuff um, coming uh, down the pipeline for that amazing service. And, you know, like, I'll stick to my guns. Uh, it's still not for me, but mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly endorse it for anybody else who uh, wants to get fantastic value. 
that wants a really great reason to go out and buy an Xbox platform product, um, Game Pass is certainly the way to go. Save a ton of money and get to play some of the latest and greatest games for a fraction of the cost. It's it's a no-brainer, um, but I don't have brains. I, I go with my heart and my gut. That's how I roll. So, uh <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's all good. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know really what else to say on that, uh, but I definitely think there's another partnership, and it, and it could be something with Sega. Um, those two have been kind of going back between Ubisoft and Sega. There's been seems to be lots of lots of movement between the relationship and the kind of games that we've seen mm -hmm. on the platform over the last little while. And I know there's lots of Xbox fans still hoping that things like um, Persona come to Xbox and different things. So you you never really know. Uh, I would, wouldn't be surprised in the least if there's some sort of partnership and thing that's happening there. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's uh, well said there. Now, one thing that we haven't glossed over yet, which, uh, <laughs> you know, mo uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we talk about Bethesda. Starfield, I mean, we all kind of think i think the majority consensus is that starfield will be making an appearance judging by their uh promo material uh guys do you think we see like a gameplay trailer of starfield or do you think we even get like a release date or a release window for it because again it's been in development for a while and uh, yeah go ahead centurion i was just gonna say i think we're gonna get some info on the game but I think this info is going to be out of necessity because I'm pretty sure Microsoft wants to curb some of the rumors, myths, legends that are circling this game. Um, I just think that they probably more than likely might have a small teaser or something come up just with a because I really don't see how they're going to launch it this year. So I think they are going to probably put something up that's going to have a 2022 year, at least date on it to kind of help be like, yeah, let's just get this out of the way. It's not happening this year. Mm -hmm. That's at least what my prediction is on the Starfield thing. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, they want to show off uh, one of the big games, you know, getting highlighted from the Bethesda purchase that they uh, that was in development right. for so long. So. Now, but now that's where, let's see, if I was a game like Starfield, you almost want to cautiously approach this situation purely because we saw what happened with Cyberpunk and what can happen when you overhype a game that wasn't tested correctly. Um, and I really just want to say that with the hype that is surrounding Starfield, that I really hope that there is a lot of playtesting put on this game and a lot of quality control to kind of curb as much as possible that could possibly happen. Because honestly, I don't want to see Starfield be Microsoft's first um, AAA super banger with Bethesda go off like Cyberpunk. Well, with Microsoft behind it, I. I... I'm very optimistic. I don't see Microsoft going to them going, hey, lie about your tests, try to fool them doing that. I don't see the structure of Microsoft being the same of CD Projekt Red, but I just want Microsoft to take the situation from CD Projekt Red and look at it and be like, we cannot recreate that situation. We need to make sure that this game is tested properly and does what we say it can do. Well, I think Bethesda will learn quite a few lessons themselves from the whole Fallout 76 thing. 
And uh, I definitely think now that they have more resources and, of course, the, you know, the sort of the, the teamwork, I guess you could say, of Microsoft and their services and their, you know, their professionals as well. And, of course, the marketing power now of Game Pass, they're not going to release Starfield like just on a whim and just kind of rush it out there. They're going to wait for the opportune moment. And I definitely think we will see some uh, we'll see some concrete footage of Starfield and kind of figure out what this game is about so people can get legitimately hyped for a game they actually start to know a little bit about. And uh, then we'll probably get a tentative release date. And I suspect highly it will probably be spring of 2022. I definitely won't think we're going to see it in 2021. I think they're going to let Halo do the speaking for most of their their stuff for this year because they'll want to maximize that from missing that window last year. And, of course, being on the 20th anniversary of of Xbox, uh, like I said, all eyes will be on Master Chief and Company, and uh, there will be probably a few supporting games around that. But uh, I definitely think they'll leave a lot of the big stuff for next year, just because a lot of the teams will be back full time, hopefully in their studios, and be able to really put the the finishing touches on all of these games that are in development. But I definitely think we're getting closer to the precipice of seeing the floodgates open at Microsoft. Moses will open the Red Sea, and the games will flood in. I think so. I mean. Again, I just I really want to see more concrete gameplay. I think they've they've heard the criticism from last year's show. Even though I, to be honest, I did really enjoy last year's uh, showing. Um, even though with the complications about around what's been happening, but uh, no, I mean they have a lot of stuff to show. I'm sort of with Tim too with what he said about. Again, they have all these different RPGs to show off now, which is really. Uh, really nice. I think Obsidian will show something. I just, I don't know if it's going to be, for example, Avowed or something else that they've been working on. And I'll be honest, knowing Microsoft, they might show off something for Grounded, like a new update or something. I would not be surprised. I am actually leaning on that. I was about to comment and say, if we're going to see anything out of Obsidian, it's probably more than likely uh, the next stage that they probably plan to do with Grounded. But to be fair, though, they have like four or five teams working on all kinds of different stuff. I mean, the Outer Worlds 2, it's not out of the, the realm of possibility or even a new IP. So, I don't know. It just... I, that'd be nice to see them talk about Outer Worlds 2 because it would also be nice to finally get that out of the way of, you know, remember when Matt Booty came out saying that he saw Outer Worlds as um as much of a of a, a franchise like a flagpole franchise that Forza Gears and Halo are that he almost saw that the Outer Worlds could be almost grown into a franchise like that and he wanted to kind of keep the Outer Worlds as something special for the Xbox ecosystem so I'm very curious on if they do create the a, a sequel to the Outer Worlds are we going to see a multi-plat game like it was originally Mhm now, I want to uh, bring up a comment that Noof just made in the chat that about compulsion. Now, I've been saying this uh, for a while now, and I'm still sticking to my guns. I think we'll see Compulsion's new game. I think we'll see uh, like a CGI trailer of some sort at the event, because again, I, I, presumably they have some new games to show off, and that that's one of them that have, has been rather silent since they've been acquired. You know, they worked on some We Happy Few DLC, and then... They moved into a new oh, yeah. studio, and then they, they've just been really quiet. Did all they do is the DLC? I thought they did the whole game. No, no, no. They did the game. I'm just saying that okay, once the I game was released, like they worked on the DLC, 
after that game like, is in my backlog i completely bought that game on a whim because i was like this game looks strange i'm sold <laughs> well it's definitely unique um i i really like the world i think they did some really cool things how it got put together i don't know maybe the preview yeah. program didn't help so much with that um but <laughs> Either way, I mean, there. I find them to be a very dark horse studio, and I think they'll. <laughs> I would love them to create something very Bioshock esque, because I know they have it in their DNA from people working at the studio. But again, they're they're a dark horse. We have no idea what they're gonna produce, and apparently, Phil really likes what they're working on, from what I've been hearing. So. Mm. I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, they're not like a super small studio, but like you know, they're like in between with uh, the size so I, again i'm just i'm i i have i have it i don't know i just i i believe that we'll see compulsion there um what about in exile guys because i don't know if i don't know if you remember uh what was it like a month ago their uh their twitter account was like tweeting at xbox or mm -hmm. xbox game pass or something about they were teasing something about a first person shooter and something else and it was like oh could they possibly be working on FPS RPG of some sort? I mean, that would be interesting. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and X in the chat brings up a good one, too, that we've kind of touched on, I think, over the past few weeks. You know, those hidden subliminal messages from the back of Phil's cabinet about <laughs> Kojima. And is there something in the works from Kojima Productions with a partnership with Microsoft? And that could potentially... And I think, you know, while well, some guys would probably dismiss it, and of course, you know... Uh, you got to take your share else because I know a lot of Xbox guys wrote off Death Stranding, Kojima and stuff as well. And whatever you feel that that's your prerogative. But uh, you cannot deny that the name is not huge, that he brings massive swing. And it certainly would show, again, sort of that big push and commitment to uh, the Japanese development and that influence and things like that of trying to make more strides, um, you know, in the Asian culture and the Asian markets. And stuff like that with a huge name, and of course Kojima, you know, with the right with the right budgets, the right perhaps supporting teams, different things like that. You you never really know what he could have up his sleeve for Xbox, you know, and uh, and you you never know as well. Like maybe it's something they might have on the go with Itagaki, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the former director of of, uh, of Ninja Gaiden and stuff like that. There's a lot of a lot of stuff floating around. You you never really know. Um. On the Kojima thing, you know what Kojima was doing between Death Stranding and now, right? What's that? He was working for Google before they can their gaming before they can their gaming division. Mm. He was actually supposed to do something for. Uh, oh my God, what was that failed gaming device? It's escaping Stadia. me. Stadia. The Stadia. Yeah, he was <laughs> doing stuff for Stadia, and they completely canned it. And, you know, I've always said, here you are, you have a passionate game developer, a passionate artist, somebody who has an up-and-coming studio that he's put a lot of work and time in getting going, and you really think he's just going to let that vision die? No, I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure maybe at one time Phil Spencer gave him a business card or something, and somehow these guys started talking, and, you know, he was already in the middle, probably developing something for Stadia, so... Why scrap it and throw it in the trash? If you That's got right. something already, you know, hell yeah, freaking Phil Spencer's knocking on the door. And he's got a great product right now called Game Pass that could probably help launch uh, Kojima Studios into a whole nother level. And he doesn't have to sacrifice his studio and sell it off or get involved with 
other guys that kind of want to be more controlling with the IPs that go on their consoles, we've all seen that Game Pass can be used as a stepping stone for a studio to really establish itself. Mm-hmm. And I think a game, Death Stranding, for example, if that was a Game Pass game, it could have done uh, wonders for a game like that. That sort of came out with a lot of that speculation and people kind of, you know, riding the fence on it. Uh, I mean, I actually like Death Stranding. I think it's an interesting game. Is it amazing? By no means. But uh, it definitely has a lot of things right in the game and does a lot of things uh, that a lot of other games really haven't attempted. So you definitely got to classify it up there in uh, more of the weird category. But... Uh, an interesting game all the same. So one that I'm actually glad that I bought. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm getting closer. Uh, I got to get back to that. It's still in my backlog. But yeah, um, could be, it could be a big thing. I, at least I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the whole Kojima thing, like I do think there's a lot of meat to it, but I personally, I don't see him being at this event. Right. I could see him possibly being at a future EXO event or, or I'll put this out there, <laughs> Uh, the Game Awards with his buddy Jeff Keighley. Mm. Mm-hmm. See, I, I'm glad you mentioned him because I, I, I just make one request. The day Kojima comes out with Phil Spencer, if it happens, I want a live camera feed <laughs> on Jeff Keighley. I want to see his face. I want to be like, are they going to keep it a secret? Like they did the series X or whatever. All of a sudden Kojima's there with Phil. I don't know. Like, I'm just curious on how this is going to go over just because of the fact that, you know, Kojima has been seen as a PlayStation icon forever. And if that was to occur, I mean, I think the internet will break. Hmm. Possibly. I do like Noof's point about Itagaki because he's been extremely silent. He's been working on something. I think he has a studio based in Rome, Italy. And mm-hmm. I don't know. He just he really likes the platform. Again, he's an Xbox guy. I mean, he, yep. he he's on all platforms, but I'm not saying. Why not, why not both? But I will be truthful. I You said Itagaki, right? He was responsible mm-hmm. for which game? Uh, Ninja Dead, Gaiden. Ninja, Ninja Gaiden, yep. Yeah, and Dead yeah, or Alive. I, I missed the Ninja Gaiden train. I'm debating on buying the Ninja Gaiden collection. Get it. To kind of get myself educated on this, because I'll say there was a point in time I couldn't afford a game. So, yeah, I missed some great yeah. great moments in gaming. Just keep in mind, he, he was largely responsible for the first two, but the third one was not Itagaki. He had already left the studio, and they did Ninja Gaiden 3. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, Which is why that game kind of strayed from the formula and and certainly got uh, trashed a lot more than uh, than that. So, Mm -hmm, well, I I read I read like uh, the the Ninja Gaiden collection that's coming out is actually like a remake of the the games because apparently the the source code for the original games was, I guess, corrupt. Like, I don't um, know. The, I just like, understood it was a remaster, but no, no, I will not like a remake. Like they went in like Resident Evil. What I meant, like, uh, oh my god, what Shockley's better at this than I am? It's not Ninja Gaiden, the original release. It's like a director's cut that was released after the original Nine and, uh, Ninja Gaiden. It has like a, a special symbol yeah. right next to it. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden uh, Black Sigma. Yeah, the sig. Yeah, the Sigma. The Sigma ones. And apparently uh, where they kind of messed with the the AI of the game and I guess made it a little bit more easier to play. And I, from what I've read and heard, uh, the original versions of the games are the ones that everybody, I guess, really appreciated. 
Mm-hmm. See, I feel yeah. See, Dreadpool's actually educating me right now in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, Centurion, I think that it would be pretty cool to get Itagaki like his game, even if it's not like exclusive or anything, but just like get some kind of a, like a marketing deal out there because I, I don't know he has a he has an interesting mind, like uh, like Kojima, I guess, and uh, you know, very talented guy. So I, I would love to see what he could bring. Um, well, I'll say this now, Vader. A- Xbox better get used to playing hardball and locking shit down to you because I have a funny feeling with the way that Game Pass has been going that Sony is uh, getting ready to step up their exclusivity crap on everything. And if these two-year rumored, you mm-hmm. know, time exclusives or anything, that's not not a good look for like the industry. Period. So, but you know what? If one person wants to play ball that way, then I think Microsoft should too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll start talking about the uh, like some of the Sony stuff on the docket too, because there is there is some stuff to bite into there. Some uh, some of the recent talk about certain games, but just to round this uh, discussion about our predictions, our showcase predictions, and mm. whatnot. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that either way, we're all looking forward to it, and they're gonna have a lot to show. Obviously. Um, I'm kind of curious because this hasn't been said yet. Because again, they they do have uh, quite a few games on PC, and they're making a push for that. Do you guys think we'll see Age of Empires four at the event in some form or another? Because that game, if I'm not mistaken, is supposed to release uh, this fall. Actually, it's a pretty big title. So, could you see them uh, having it at the show? Which one, Age of Empires? You said? Yeah, Age of Empires four. Yeah, definitely could see them having something on there. They've been talking about it for a while, and you—you you mean like the con- like for the console or not necessarily for the console, but it is like a high-profile game that again one of the Sega studios. I think it's Relic working on it. Um, again, it's been in development at least for what four or five years now, and I know they settled on a fall release window, so that is one of their games that they will be focusing on going in- into uh, that quarter. So, I mean, I I could possibly see them putting it in the spotlight i'm just i would just love to uh i'm just curious what everybody here thinks about that would they show off this rts there or again like would they i don't know could you see see this rts game making its way to console too i'll at least chime in i'm not a big pc player but I I guess out of the crowds I talk to that do play on PC, you always hear Age of Empires mentioned. Microsoft has been touting Age of Empires for as long as I can remember. So I would not doubt that Age of Empires might, at the very least, might be mentioned. But that le- I will be truthful. I never, ever got into Age of Empires. Um, my actual RTS experience is mainly in Halo Wars, and that's about as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I mean, RTS is a big genre, I mean, especially, um, like, in some Western countries as well as out East. I, I know, like, what was it, the South Koreans are all over that, the RTS genre, but mm-hmm. either... I will... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, RTSs actually were one of the few games that actually showed me the importance of a keyboard. I always wondered who would want to play a game on a keyboard... And when you play an RTS on a controller and you are like switching through all this stuff, like, hey, I actually did not get overwhelmed playing Halo Wars. But now that I've actually seen some people actually 
talk about and actually show playing an actual RTS on a keyboard and actually being able to like hotkey certain commands and kind of easing easing it up a little bit. I can see totally why um, RTSs are kind of sometimes a little bit harder to do on the console side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we're going to round out this talk. Is there anything else anybody else wants to uh, add on here before we move on to something else? No, I think I'm good. I think I've summed up everything I needed to say. All right. How about you, Centurion? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, E3 is going to be great. Let's just all appreciate this time with all our, mm-hmm. our friends and family and, and talk about the great things ahead. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And yeah, guys, I think we'll have a lot to look forward to. That's the main thing. I'm pumped. Uh, despite what the naysayers say, I fully expect Xbox and Bethesda to bring it. We'll get a whole bunch of new announcements, new trailers, hopefully a lot of gameplay trailers, see some new stuff. And yeah, release dates. I think that's key there to release dates for all the stuff we mm-hmm. mentioned, like Again, stuff we know about Scorn. Um, again, I believe we'll see Forza Horizon show yeah. up. Uh, yeah, especially for the games that we've seen on multiple other occasions now. Like it's start, it's time to kind of, you know, put an expectation down for them and not just kind of, well, here it is again for the fifth time we've seen it. You know, at some point you've got to say, well, we're expected to come first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, so on and so forth, that sort of thing. And they they got to put it down for the fans at this point. So, you know, you can start saving your money, get your pre-orders in, all that good stuff. So, mm-hmm, Exactly. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, while we've had a lot of stuff to play, it would be nice to have some uh, at least firm release windows at the very least. So, uh, And that includes games like Flight Simulator coming to Xbox. I'm predicting, again, sometime maybe July, mm-hmm. as Tim was saying. Psychonauts 2. I mean, I would love it to shadow drop at the showcase, but I mean, I think August or July would mm-hmm. be pretty real- realistic too. And it makes sense too, because that would lead into uh, Forza Horizon 5. I mean, let's just say sometime maybe uh, September or October. And then he got Halo in November. I mean, presumably, that's, that's just what I'm thinking anyways, to go with uh, the anniversary for the franchise. But, uh, yeah, release dates would be key. But, yeah, guys, uh, that's our predictions. And we'll move on to, you know, what? we will start talking about some PlayStation news. Because, you know, a few days ago, uh, it was suggested on the PlayStation blog that God of War Ragnarok and Gran Turismo 7 would be cross-gen titles with both being playable on the PS4 and PlayStation 5. Now... Noof, this has turned out to be quite the interesting topic. Uh, What are your thoughts on this? Because I think we were all led to believe that these would be, well, we were all pretty sure that they were going to be PlayStation 5, like just kind of exclusive, right? Yeah, I I think so. You know, it's not, I don't think anybody's disappointed to know in a sense that they're coming to PlayStation 4 and that millions of PlayStation fans who haven't upgraded yet or can't find a PlayStation 5, which seems to be the biggest scenario, are going to be able to play, you know, some of these amazing games. They're not left out in the cold. I mean, I mean, cross-gen stuff has been, you know, starting to become the norm over the first year or two of a new console coming out there. And so it's not that the fact that the games exist and they're coming out. Yeah, sure, they're going to look and play, obviously, not as good as the PlayStation 5 version. But it's just the messaging. It's just why didn't Sony be upfront and honest in the first place? I don't know what they, what they thought they were going to lose, uh, obviously they were just trying to drive a lot of hype, a lot of, uh, people to the PlayStation five. And now I think they've realized that, 
yeah, these things are going to take a lot longer than they expected to get in the hands of gamers, and they're going to have to try to maximize the return on their investments with these games and these studios, which are, you know, five and six years in development, a lot of the stuff, and, and millions of dollars, you know, uh, already in the hole, so you got to start recouping those things, and uh, stuff like that. So I'm I'm not against it. I have a PlayStation 5, so either which way it bothers me not in the least because I'm going to buy the best version. Like I would do with my Xbox, I would always buy the best version available. Uh, so that's not an issue. But for other people, it certainly could be. So, you know, again, uh, you got to call them out on this stuff. Um, you know, some people say it's lies. I, I don't know if it's as much lies. It's Is it just... Um, the way it's communicated and articulated, or it's sometimes like you say, a lie can be construed as the things that they don't say, but we all heard that, you know, we believe in generations and we <laughs> believe that these games, uh, you know, are only possible uh, on PS five. And I, you can mark my words right now. And uh, I'm willing to go out on a limb and I'll take the L if needs be, but I'm willing to bet you that ratchet and clank perhaps by next year at this time, or perhaps next holiday season is available on the PlayStation 4, and I'll tell you why. Because I think right now, yes, they largely developed it with focus of PlayStation 5 in mind and, of course, the Solid State Drive. But I think once Insomniac kind of settles down, the dust settles, um, they're, they're probably going to try to find a way to code this properly for the PS4 and make that uh, cross-platform as well. I don't think they're going to hold back such a giant game like Ratchet and Clank from a you know 100 plus million PlayStation 4 users I think uh they they could sell a lot more copies of that game and and they'll want to do it you know while the PlayStation 5 sells a low install base cuz how many copies do you think any of these games can sell when you have probably less than 10 million users out there for the first you know one or two years on the market essentially so uh, don't be surprised if they say yeah Ratchet and Clank is coming to PS4 next year they're not touting that right now but with the way Sony's been going, uh, I, I put nothing past them anymore. Like I said, they 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 hold their cards tight to their chest, and they they put out the message they want to relay. They get fans to go hook, line, and sinker, bite into it, and then they go, oh, but uh, yeah, that's not exactly what we're doing. And uh, all that. So yeah, Jim, Lion, Ryan. Um, you know, so that's what I think. But I think cross gen is good for the first little while. But at some point as well, too, you want to see. You want to see, you know, your console push its hardware muscle and basically show you why you really have invested five, six hundred dollars in these hardware to make the games that have the that look and run to the point where it's next to impossible to even run it efficiently on the older hardware. Like, like if you look at Cyberpunk, for example, uh, you know, it, it, it was started development, obviously, for Xbox One and PlayStation 4. But if you look at that game and the troubles it's had, it obviously... Uh, it, I guess you could say it sort of has outgrown that platform. It, it obviously, if you look at how it ran on PC, uh, and even with some updates to how it runs on the Series X or the PlayStation 5 compared to how it runs on the lesser consoles, you, you know, like at some point in time, like the games, it's, it's great to have the games on the older hardware, but if they're going to run like absolute trash. It's, it's almost pointless either. Like people, people don't even want to play Cyberpunk on an Xbox One or PlayStation Four with the frame rate issues. It's like it's like going and trying to play games on a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, they're multi-plat games. They're on all consoles. But have you ever tried playing some of the Switch versions of like an Xbox One or PS4 game? They ain't pretty. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> you got to make a lot of sacrifices, and I think developers do too. And I guess at the end of the day, it comes down to resources, right? You've got to find a team that knows how to code for multiple 
platforms and can able to make those sacrifices. Uh, you know, we talk about scalability and sure stuff scales, but it doesn't always scale well. You know, it's, it's like, it's trying, it's like trying to, sometimes it's like trying to put an elephant in the back of a Volkswagen Beetle, you know, uh, you might get the leg in, but boy, you're going to have to blow the rest of it up just to get it to fit. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, I don't care that they're cross plot, but, uh, other people may have a different force of opinion on it. Mm -hmm. Well, I know it's not exactly a popular topic in the chat right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back a couple of years ago, the CEO, Jim Ryan, he did state that, you know, Sony does believe in generations and, uh, you know, given the recent shortages, like the chip shortages, I mean, and you look at when we're expecting to see like uh, everything to be stocked up well again, it's probably going to be over a year until we get good stock of PlayStation 5 and Xbox uh, Series consoles, especially the Series X. Um, like, it's not so much that like obviously I don't I don't care where these games end up. It's just the fact that Sony was very very they were hyping up these games for the PlayStation 5, and it just it just seems like they they lied to like consumers about where these games were going to end up seemingly and Xbox and well Microsoft they they got a lot of flack i remember especially from different media sites about oh you know what are you doing you know uh, cuz they came out and said yeah for about 2 years or so we're going to support you know cross gen games and uh you know, after that, they they were they were out. They were touting that, and they got a lot of crap for that from uh, different media sites. And now these same media sites, because I was looking out, the, there's a few articles that are being uh, tossed around. You know, articles saying that there's nothing wrong with Sony's cross-gen support and so on. It's like, you know, they were so heavy-handed when it came to Xbox uh, doing cross-gen, but they they're not criticizing Sony in the same matter. Right, you know, you just kind of see the bias in there, and it's not right. Um, Centurion, what are your thoughts on the matter? Boy, um, it, this is totally like PlayStation. Uh, every time they got a hold of a third party game that they were allowed to market on, they would slap PlayStation exclusive as big as they could on the box and in all the fine print, let you know that it was nothing more than a hat or a cosmetic item, but. Just through sheer deceivingness, they would try to convince people that, like, we all remember with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, right? There was people who honestly thought that that game literally was a PlayStation 4 exclusive. And Sony definitely also helped craft this idea by putting uh, PlayStation exclusive as big as they could on the box and in very <laughs> fine print letting you know that it was a cosmetic item. Yeah. So they, they basically, they're th Sony loves to deceive people. Remember, well, they like to crouch down and wait. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, crouching down can also be a, si uh, a sign of hiding. And Sony, Jim Ryan, they like to hide things in the weeds. They kind of like to step between the lines and twist the truth. I'm not trying to call them like you know outright like bad people for doing this, but. This is a tact. Some companies choose this as a tactic, and this is just Sony's MO. And I'm used to this with Sony, so it does not shock me in the least bit. We all remember how uh, Miles Morales was only uh, the Miles Morales could only be possible on the PS5. And all of a sudden, on a, like on the same day that they're advertising the PS5, this, that, and the other, 
all of a sudden on a like I think it was a website they come out and say oh yeah the games are also going to be on PS4 and other stuff it, it's like this is what Sony does um so does it bother me no is it right no um Jim Ryan definitely I think it was him who came out and said we believe in generations I just like the fact that at least um the company that I have chose to listen to I have listened to them for so long, Xbox, because I like the way Phil Spencer speaks. I like the message they put out. And for the most part, Xbox doesn't really try to kind of like, you know, deceive me and kind of twist the truth a lot. And they also like to listen to their fans. We all saw when they tried to raise the price of Xbox Live and they kind of went back on that. PlayStation, on the other hand, I feel like tries to do their own thing. They try to hold to we are number one in gaming, so we should be able to kind of direct the market and to try to put people in a to try to. I don't like the fact that they're confusing people just to potentially get uh, PlayStation sales when Xbox shows that you can have a really successful business in gaming without having to rely on profits from console sales. We all found that out with uh, this whole debacle between Epic Games and Apple, where Microsoft had to reveal a few things, and it came out that Microsoft actually doesn't get very much, little to no profit from the hardware sales of um, the Xbox consoles. I go on about this. I'm just used to PlayStation being PlayStation. So for me, this is... Just PlayStation doing its thing, you know, normal, everyday. Now, these are, I mean, these are some pretty big, heavy hitters. God of War, Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo 7. And, like, again, I I would have expected these to be exclusive, exclusive to the PlayStation 5. So I'm just kind of, I don't know. Um, So I have a theory that the only reason why this is possible for these games to be on the PS5. I think maybe the original intention was to probably keep them exclusive to the PS5. Maybe. Air quotation marks. Um, the main reason that it is possible for these games to show up on the PS4 is because a long time ago when somebody was putting pen to paper and discussing this game and how they were going to build it, that conversation came up. Do we want to make this game PC specs? And we know a very large portion of PC gamers are still using mechanical hard drives. And if you use, if it basically you have to know what kind of hard drive is going to be used in the construction of this game for this game to exist. And if the game was made for a mechanical hard drive, then the game is scalable and able to appear on other stuff. If the thing was made for an NVMe hard drive, I, I'm questioning how does a game all of a sudden become able i'm from what microsoft and all these other companies say if a game is designed for an nvme ssd it cannot be scaled down to work on a standard hard drive which is why games that are optimized for an xbox series x and a ps5 have to be specifically played on those hard drives those specific consoles because they're the only ones that can process the game mm-hmm yeah, that's where I'm just that's where I'm just questioning. I'm just saying, like, this is no accident that these games are cross platform, have cross platform compatibility. I think they did it, though, to keep that door open for the PC crowd. 
because we mm. see Jim Ryan and Sony have a huge interest in PC all of a sudden. They see the money that Microsoft is making, and I really do think that they are keeping the door open to have games show up on the PC, and the only way to do that is to make sure that your games can work on pretty much the main hard drive that's used in PC gaming, which is a mechanical hard drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Now... With that, too, we also got news of God of War Ragnarok being delayed to 2022. Um, I mean, I would say that that was kind of expected, guys, because, I mean, again, like, a lot of studios have had to, you know, again, because of the uh, situation, right, not being able to uh, to get to certain equipment, certain studios, and so on, you know, a big studio like, uh, Sony Santa Monica working on such a large title. I mean, I, I just always figured that it was going to be a 2022 game. So that doesn't surprise me at all. But with that said, I mean, a lot of things are getting, seem to be getting pushed now to 2022. What do you guys think that uh, PlayStation's next big title would will be in the fall? Like for, for this, this fall? Yeah. Oh, that's a great, great question. Because, uh, well, they yeah. got at the end of the summer, they, at least they got the timed exclusive. Was it uh, Kena, Bridge of Spirits? That comes out towards the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I'm not really sure what, what we can expect, but they, they got to have something in into that fourth quarter to, to kind of end out their leery. At least you would think they would. You know, like I said, I, I don't think anybody is 100% surprised with the delay of God of War. Uh, I certainly am not. I, mm-hmm. you know, like when they even announced it, when they just announced it, they just said God of War. Okay, cool. But the fact that when God of War 2021, that's where they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Uh, you know, you kind of question now, did they already have that plan before the COVID thing kind of happened where, okay, we're going to, we're going to put that out there. And I don't think they necessarily did. I thought at some point somebody had the expectation that maybe it could be 2021, but with everything that's been going on, it's just not feasible. The other side of the coin, if the game had have come out in 2021, my next question would have been, would this been a God of War that's an authentic sequel, meaning like a new environment, new story, the whole nine yards, or would this have been a Miles Morales scenario because like you can say what you like. Miles Morales is its own game. I get that. It's long enough to 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 warrant being its own game. But the th- reason Miles Morales was such a fast turnaround is because one, it used the exact same engine, and two, uh, it was the same city. It was a copy and paste New York City. It didn't take Spider Man to a different place or different locations. It was pretty much almost you know. Uh, pixel for pixel, polygon for polygon, the same New York that was left in the first Spider-Man game. So really, all he had to do was change the costumes, uh, obviously design the, the the trailers in between, like the story-based narrative. Like, obviously, yes, it still took a lot of work, but far less than having to build a game from the ground up from scratch, if you guys know what I mean. It's the same reason the companies can turn around a, a sports game every year. Because you don't necessarily have to build a game from the ground up every time. You just copy and paste, you know, put the same resources back in and just change a bunch of shit. And that's really what Miles Morales turned out to be. Some people will say, like I said, it's DLC. Call it what you want. I enjoy the hell out of it. And I got lots of, lots of hours in. I got more hours in a Miles Morales than I got on some full-fledged games, you know. But I'm not here to debate that. I'm just saying that if God of War had to come out, would is that what we would have saw? Was basically the same environment reused? 
with just new story-based narrative in there, and that's possibly what we could have got. I think we will see kind of a completely new game, but it's still going to be set in, um, you know, obviously the North mythology and and that particular stuff. So um, I'll, hopefully it comes out next year, but you know what? We don't even know that. Like, I'm not 100% convinced we'll even see God of War in 2022, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you. We really don't know. Until we see something concrete, we see, uh, you know, footage of it running an engine and, more stuff we don't really know how far this game technically is out yeah that's correct because like you said like what back in september they'd only show in like a little quick reveal trailer it didn't show anything that's just, it yeah you know, just the name that was it so and yeah for how long it takes to develop these games what god of war came out in 2018 18. if i'm not mistaken so yeah right. i i would say a four-year turnaround sounds a little more realistic or maybe five I mean, for that kind of a studio, too, you know, to just really nail things down. So, you know, let them take their time, I say. Oh, yeah, yeah, good comment here in the chat, Mauricio Ava's Deathloop. Yeah, that's right, because Deathloop, I think, got pushed back to September, if I'm not mistaken. And that's going to be a timed exclusive for, what, six months, if I'm not mistaken? I want to mm. say six months. Maybe it's a year, but um, they do have that. Now, we did just have Horizon uh, Forbidden West gameplay showing off back, what, uh, a week ago? I mean, again, they didn't have a release day for that uh, by November. Do you think it's going to come out November? Yeah, well, I don't think it's coming out. I think it's coming out next year, but it was actually on one of the videos or somewhere stated it was November 30th, somewhere along the line. Hmm. That would be interesting. Actually, I could see that being, even if it was supposed to be November 30th, I could see it being pushed back to, like... February, March, something like that. I mean, personally, anyway, just because, again, like the de- how the development cycles are going on right now, and the stuff that the that the stuff that these studios have to go through, it would not shock me in the slightest. But I don't know, guys. Either way, um, just interesting developments on the PlayStation side of things. Um, you know, obviously, I have a PlayStation Five. I'm invested in the PlayStation ecosystem. Uh, I want a lot of good stuff to play. It's just uh, kind of interesting, again, with all these uh, cross-gen talks and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, there's lots of delays. So, um, you know, hopefully we uh, we get some news soon on that front. But, all right, guys, on our uh, last topic of the evening, uh, we'll continue with this PlayStation theme. And we're going to move on to an interesting rumor making the rounds. And according to our buddy Nick over at Xbox Era, he said that according to his sources, it's that the new Bioshock that's in development, uh, Bioshock 4, if you will, it doesn't really have a name at this point, uh, would be exclusive to uh, PlayStation. Uh, no word on like length of exclusivity and all that. But uh, that's a very big heavy hitter being mentioned there. Um you know what, uh, Noof, uh, you know, we've seen Sony go out in recent years buying up exclusives. Uh, take Final Fantasy VII Remake, for example. Could we see them securing a new Bioshock title for, like, either a timed exclusivity or... I mean, I don't want to say full-on, but do you, can you see them, like, putting up the cash for that kind of a game? 100%. 100%. I can totally see Sony doing it, and I'll tell you why, because Game Pass has definitely put the fear in them. Um, the bottom line is, like I said, half of this industry is not just about sales, it's about perception. It's Like I said, it's, and the Centurion kind of weighed in on it when he said, you know, about uh, you look at the whole grand... Um, 
what do you call it? The whole Red Dead Redemption thing with the exclusivity on the box, right? It's how things are perceived. You see those words and you see the marketing that comes with it. And and no different for Xbox. Like with the Outriders, for example, Outriders almost felt in most ways like it was an Xbox exclusive. Even though it was a multi-plat, all of the publicity really revolved around Outriders, the fact that it was day and date on Game Pass. Microsoft obviously ponied up the dough to get that there. And, uh, and I think Outriders got a lot more success than it would have normally have gotten if it was a full physical release that was just sold out for, you know, 70, 80 bucks a pop. So I, I totally uh, can see Sony doing this. And that's I think that was wholeheartedly the reasoning behind the Final Fantasy thing. I think last year, sure, the intentions were to bring Final Fantasy VII out for the Xbox as a multi-plat, and it may come out eventually. But I think once they saw that, Xbox is gaining steam and especially the Bethesda thing that really changed the landscape for them because now they're like, mm-hmm. wow, the Xbox legitimately wiped seven or eight major franchises off the table for us. If you think about it, right. And Microsoft has the, has the choice to do what they wish here, you know, is to keep them back or let them go multiplat. Uh, and again, it could be a case by case basis. We'll just have to wait and see. But let's just say that they do. Let's say they keep Elder Scrolls off and they keep the Wolfenstein off and they keep uh, Doom off and this, so on and so forth. Well, how does Sony counter that? If they don't have the money to go out and buy other studios, well, obviously paying for an exclusivity for two years is not costing you $7 billion. You know, it's going to cost you some major moolah, but it's a short-term investment and it keeps a lot of people either in the PlayStation ecosystem or hyped for the PlayStation because Final Fantasy, as we know, is a relatively large franchise. It certainly very uh, does very well in Sony's native land and, uh, well, even over here, right? So, sure, they're going to toss money at anything and everything that's not locked down at this point because they want to make sure that Microsoft doesn't have a day-and-date formula coming for those games. Even if it's Game Pass three or four months after it comes out, it's still a huge boon for Game Pass and subscribers. And And we've all seen that PlayStation Now, while it is a good service in its own right, is still largely lacking behind Xbox. Even with the bigger install base, uh, it is way behind uh, where Game Pass is actually at right now. Sony sees the money that Microsoft is making, hence the whole PC thing, right? They want a piece of that pie. They're no longer going to sit back and go, well, our game's success is indicative of how many consoles we sell. They still want to sell the console, and I believe they're more focused on that than Microsoft is and probably ever will be, but they want to get... Like I said, that's their counter. They're going to they're going to go after that. They're going to toss money at it, and it's going to stick for them. And Microsoft is going to have to say, like I said earlier in the show, they're going to have to play some hardball here. They're going to have to do their own thing. And Bioshock is a name that I think that most of us gamers uh, certainly know and love. It has a lot of fondness for that franchise. Uh, 2K and, and Sony have had a pretty tight relationship for a few years now on various things. And I could definitely see them going after it because even if it is, uh, you know, the one year thing sucks in itself, but the two years, see, basically two years, it's like no, but no sense, like no average person that really wants to play a game. That's the thing. No average person who really wants to play a game wants to go, oh, fuck, I'll wait two years for the Xbox version. <laughs> like I couldn't do it. Like, like if that was Tomb Raider, for example, I love Tomb Raider. I would, I would have to go, you know what? I have to go out and buy a PlayStation for this game because there's no way I'm waiting two years to play it on my preferred platform. And I think people feel the same way. I, I know people that bought PlayStation 4s simply for the Final Fantasy VII remake. As a matter of fact, it was a big reason I went out and got another PS4 
uh, like a while back was because of that game and various other things. But like, I was like, man, I'm not waiting. I, I, I don't have the patience. Like my backlog is growing. So yeah, they are going to toss some serious coin at it. And Microsoft's going to have to watch this uh, thing considerably because like I said, they're going to try to keep those games away from game pass because we know that Microsoft's damn well going to try their best to put as much stuff in there as they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting. You mentioned that too, because uh, you look like, look at what they did with again, another square Enix game uh, that new IP project at the, uh, no, I no for spoken. That's the name of it for spoken right. that new IP. I think they have like a year or two years on that Correct. one too. And as you said, they're, you know, a lot of it is in response to Xbox with Game Pass and hey, that Bethesda move, man. You know, that like you said, you uh, you said it very well that you know that took about seven or eight IP, very big IP off the table for them, whether it be Fallout, Elder Scrolls, uh, Prey, Dishonored, and so on. Like, there's a lot. Do you agree doing... with others? Inc. in the chat, he says Bioshock is not big enough to make one person buy a PlayStation Five to play it. I think he's completely wrong there. Uh. You know, others think I, I do really appreciate your opinions all the time. You're <laughs> you're a great sight in the chat, and I really mean that. However, I will say I, I have to disagree, though. Bioshock is a pretty big name up there. Um, you know, and that's why I find this to be a very curious rumor, because, you know, going back to the original Bioshock, it was a title associated with Xbox. I mean, it helped... Uh, bring to prominence the Xbox 360 and you know like when they when Microsoft was being very very aggressive right at the beginning of that gen and I tend to believe the guys over at Xbox era considering they've been right about uh, quite a few things in recent months whether it be with Game Pass or a whole bunch of you know other news that eventually came out so you know when these guys say something I, I immediately listen and Bioshock is an absolutely huge, huge, huge IP. I mean, Bioshock One, I I'm in love with that game. That like to me, they just really nailed it. Bioshock Two is all right. Uh, Bioshock Infinite, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I know like some other people are kind of like iffy on it too, but others loved it. But yeah, I would I would I would really love to revisit Bioshock, and just, I, I'm very curious to see where they go with a fourth installment. If Sony did get exclusivity on it, I that would be a, I mean, I have to say it, that would be a very big win for them. I mean, guys, tell me in the chat, like, are you guys, are you uh, huge Bioshock fans there? Would you be sad to see that uh, go to PlayStation exclusivity for any length of time? Um, Centurion, I would love to know your thoughts. Uh, what do you think about this rumor making uh, its run around the rumor mill? Could Bioshock be possibly exclusive the next one for to playstation uh like for like a year however long it could be well i will never rule out the possibility of anything i mean everybody has their price now whether or not playstation can is wanting to pay that price how about not able to reach that price but is willing to pay whatever number they throw out um here i just say that because we see a lot of developers that prefer games to be multi-plat because they see a lot of uh, money left on the table at least in my opinion so 
it would be very shocking to me if they did that, considering the entire franchise has been multi-plat since it's, you know, dawn. Um, it would be a, a very big shock. I'll at least leave on that one. I, I, I wouldn't know what to say if it was um, even a one-year exclusive. Mm-hmm. Right. And, again, this is interesting because they see... Newf made the great point because, again, they see Xbox buying all these studios for the past couple of years now. They have to be very, very on the ball here. I mean, sure, like... I will never say anything against Sony when it comes to their studios because they do have a really nice stable of studios that they have. But now Xbox, they have quite the rival. I mean, you look at their pedigree yes. and their stable now. And uh, Sony, you know, Sony must be realizing that, hey, uh, you know, uh, we better not uh, just, you know, sit on our laurels here. We got to do something about it. So, you know. Well, the thing is, your own first party software can only come out so fast. You know, you got to have something to close those gaps between the time Horizon comes out and God of War is there, you know what I mean? That's six or seven months sometimes. You can lose a fan in that in that gap, right? That's that's a console sale loss. That's a subscription service loss. Uh, so they got to keep that going, and that's a wholeheartedly why Microsoft invested because they'll have enough studios that once these games start coming now, we should see a fairly consistent cycle of, of constant content coming out. Now, whether it's all like AAA absolutely blow your mind or it kind of ends up being a little bit more of middle of the road, that, that in turn is not the question. But the bottom line is uh, you keep people on your service when you have lots of content. This is, it's the Netflix formula. Netflix doesn't always have amazing everything, but you have you seen how much Netflix uh, content they, they pump out now? It's absolutely astounding. And that's what keeps people like, yeah, I think I'm going to keep my subscription because there's always something new. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of predicting the next title to uh, be named after our panel member, uh, Shockley, there. It'll be called Bioshockley. It's set in uh, <laughs> Indiana. Uh, you go to the Indianapolis 500 and race around. <laughs> no, but uh, either way, guys, I, yeah, I'm i curious to see how this unfolds. I mean, I have a PlayStation 5, so it's not going to affect me a great deal. However, I mean, obviously, I don't want to see this taken away from Xbox fans, and I would much prefer to play it on the Xbox platforms. So, yeah, just something to keep an eye on. It seems like it's uh, still far off in any case. So, uh, well, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know what, guys? I, I th think an ex mm -hmm. I was just going to say real quick, I think any exclusive deal right now would be have to be heavily considered on the fact that you know, okay, we're going to be exclusive, but now does this mean we're next-gen exclusive or cross-platform exclusive? I mean, cross-gen exclusive. Um, because, you know, we all see the problems of trying to get consoles in people's hands. Who would really want to kind of, like, corner themselves into that situation? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm yeah. Gonna, Go I'm going to tell you guys right now, mark my words, Sony is going to try to nail down something with Rockstar and the next GTA. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, I can see the writing on the wall. I'd be shocked if they didn't. It'll come at a large price, but for Sony, they'll think it's worth it. Because if they can keep GTA away from Xbox for even six months, it's a huge boon for them. Could you imagine how many PS5s they would sell in a six-month span <laughs> if they can lock down GTA, uh, GTA 6? Uh, it would be astronomical. 
You go out to Sony headquarters and they have completely sold the lawn, the bushes, the, the whole place is nothing but a dirt parking lot. Be like, we lease everything. Trust me. Mm. <laughs> It'll cost a lot of money because, but you know what? Like, because either which way the game's going to sell. Like, even if it s- stays off Xbox for six months and then it comes back, so it's going to sell on Xbox. That's not the question. But it's again, it's that whole exclusive, that that branding that they get to put on their box. Uh, and if they can do it for even a limited period of time, it probably wouldn't be two years, not on a Grand Theft Auto game, but just think even six months is a massive, massive. If Victor Allison says it won't never going to happen, you should never say never. We never thought Sega would close their doors either, but look what happened there. And then they ended up putting games on Nintendo. So I never say never, man. Sony is uh, Sony. Sony knows how to play ruthless when they want to. And this, like I said, this Bethesda thing, man really changed the landscape for them and they know it uh and uh they're they're going to come out hard rockstar games will come out on stage we bought playstation it'll be exclusive <laughs> for six months <laughs> yeah the the gta team bought they bought them that's who it was not just yeah, rockstar we own, we own play we own play, yeah we yeah we we own playstation now it's the other way around they, they want they got six months exclusive how's that working for you jim you see the guy wave off stage. <laughs> I, you know, I, I gotta have to agree with agree with the guys in the chat here. I, I don't know if they they'll that they would go that route for GTA or whatever iteration it may be. I could see them though lock down something maybe a little smaller. Like I don't know, there's been a lot of talk about a bully game in the works of some sort. Maybe they could lock that down or a remaster of some sort. Um, I just something maybe a little smaller in scale, but Take Two is very friendly with Sony, so I mean, I I would not put it past them to have some kind of an exclusivity deal for something in the works. Uh, who knows? Maybe Agent will make a reappearance, right? Uh, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps as a GTA uh, three, GTA three, Vice City, and uh, San Andreas remaster that's exclusive for six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while on a smaller, and while on a smaller scale, it could definitely still be a huge boon for sales for them. Yeah, a remaster of something would actually, I could see something um, like that. Play ooh, out. ooh, on the release of Grand Theft Auto Six, you buy Grand Theft Auto Six, and you can mm-hmm. get a remaster yes. of a game exclusively on PlayStation yep. for free. Yep. Now there that... you go. I think you might have hit the nail on the head. Buy it for PlayStation and get that for free. Yeah, you see, now that is uh, something creative there, and that's something that I could see them do. That would that would drive sales for sure. Um, but you know what, guys? I think on that we'll start kind of wrapping things up here. And honestly, some really interesting takes tonight, gentlemen. Uh, some really unique takes that, hey, you know, could possibly come to fruition, you know, when it comes to uh, Xbox and Bethesda showcase predictions. Uh, thankfully, we don't have to wait too long for that. Only, well, seven days, actually a little bit under seven days to go now, looking at the time. Uh, for next week, we'll be doing the show during our regular time. And you know what? We look forward to seeing all of you here discussing anything and everything that comes up during the Xbox and Bethesda showcase. And hey, guys, if you happen to enjoy our chat tonight, then consider uh, subbing to the channel, leaving a like, and sharing this out over your social media of choice. Noof Buddy, uh, thanks for dropping by tonight. Uh, You're always welcome uh, here, my friend, always. Where can everybody follow you at? 
Absolutely. Well, you got an outstanding chat. And speaking of, Victor Allison just dropped you a super chat. Whoa, Victor. Nice stuff, guys. Uh, yeah, Victor with a $5 super chat. Uh, the big companies go multi-platform. They charge through the roof, and they would consult Xbox if money is the same thing. Agreed, I'll never say never. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, buddy. Um, you know, money talks, especially with those big companies. So I would... Uh, would not be surprised. Yep. And if Google Stadia had to put more money on the table when they started, maybe it'd still be around. But the fact that they thought they could have the wor- kind of a worse service and uh, try to sell you the same damn games that just came out on the PlayStation and the Xbox uh, with very little marketing, it was it sort of the biggest surprise to me because I really did think that Stadia was going to be sort of a heavy hitter per se. There were There was a lot of things that I think Stadia did right and uh, there was a lot of potential for it, even though you might say, you know, maybe they jumped the gun. But my God, man, like um, Stadia could have been a lot bigger than it was, but it was really mishandled. And with and, and rushing it to market with not enough exclusive software was a huge mistake for them. Like, uh, yeah. So I, I think, like I said, they jumped the gun and I think it largely come back to kick them in the butt. So trying to be first sometimes is not always good in the video game market race, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, thanks, Vader, for sending the invite. It's always a pleasure to be on TXR with you, man. And like I said, you're my game dosage buddy for life. Um, you know, hopefully one of these days we'll be able to convince Glitcher to finally get on a show together. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last time I was supposed to get him on one of my podcasts, he said, I'm finally in, I'm coming. And sure enough, last minute, he backed out. So it's uh, <laughs> it's become one of those things. Uh, what does what I rename him now? It's... Um, not attack the glitcher, but uh, you can count on the ditcher. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, what was it like? A, it was like a month, month and a half ago. Uh, it was you, me, Jago, and he was supposed to show it's... up, but you know, what can he do? Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> great guy. Uh, shout out to glitcher, but thanks for having me here, man. It's an absolute blast. And Turin, it was good to be on with you, Tim Dog, as well. Too bad Shockley didn't make it, but it is what it is, I guess. Life happens. Uh, but always a pleasure to be here. Hope you guys have a, a, a fantastic week and certainly a great uh, show next Sunday. It's going to be a busy one. I think we're all going to be, uh, um, you know, uh, barking up the same tree next week. Going to be podcasts coming out the Ying Gang, all sorts of takes. We're definitely going to get some great ones and we're going to get a lot of negativity, which comes from the territory. So brace yourself, guys. The uh, the PlayStation kick to the balls is certainly coming for sure. I can already hear it now. Halo Infinite looks like trash. Look to put some makeup on Craig. He looks a little bit better, but he's still ugly. Uh, you know, you're going to get all that bullshit. But anyway, uh, avoid the noise and, uh, you know, bring the hype, baby. I- I'm excited, man. It's going to be good times, and I'm looking forward to uh, that. And besides, like I said, you can find me, Nuf Nukem, Nuf Nukem 76 on PlayStation Network, uh, Gaming After Dark, Tuesday nights at 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain Time with uh, Middle-Aged Game Guy and Titan Drago. Uh, and... Um, and then on Sunday mornings at uh, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time. Yeah, it's an early rise. It is Good Morning Xbox. And next week's show on Sunday will be right after the E3 Xbox presentation ends. So we're going to be probably competing with about every party and their dog and their babies and everything else. But uh, we're still going to try to do it. I've never actually hosted my own thing on my channel after an E3. So... We're looking forward to it, so it should be a good show. But anyway, guys, thanks for having me here. I'll get out of here and let you guys have a, new, a good night. So boom, boom, kaboom, leave it a room. Take care, everybody. 
Yeah, good good night, my friend. Always uh, ha having a fun time with you on the panel, and uh, you bring lots of great energy and uh, the facts, to say the least. So uh, thank you very much for coming on, Noof. All right, moving on to, well, the other TXR regular here, uh, Centurion Buddy. Uh, hey, really good stuff tonight, pal, as per usual. Loved your commentary. Where can everybody follow you at? Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. It was an absolute blast tonight. And, yes, anytime I get to be able to do a show with Noof Newcomb, it is definitely something I look forward to. Every time I get, man, you were actually on one of the first podcasts that I ever got to be on. So it basically brings back memories every time. But enough about that. For those who want to find me, uh, please find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Twitter, and, of course, Xbox Live. You can also find me every Saturday night on the Shop Podcast, and you can also find me right here every Sunday night on the TXR Podcast. All right. Well said there, Centurion. Yeah, uh, Tim Dog had to leave early because of the fight, and, uh, yeah, Shockley, unfortunately, could not make it, but... Naturally, guys, uh, to round this out, this is Invader, and you can find my content over at YouTube at Invader Gaming. Stop by and check out my uh, most recent Necromunda Hired Gun videos. I should be having a review out at least, well, under a week in any case. Uh, but again, guys, very entertaining show tonight, folks. And we look forward to seeing you here next Sunday for the big, big Xbox Day. Good night, guys. Have a good one, and uh, yeah. Be prepared for next week. See ya.